No. <laughs> he said, no more. I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> Golly. Put the pressure on at 19 minutes before high noon, and uh, we're going to see if we can get it done. Hope you're a fast writer. You don't have any blanks to fill in, though. I didn't give you an outline. Nobody's complained about it. So I guess I just won't give you any more outlines unless you really want them. Nah, I, I, I enjoy watching you write and fill in blanks. Well, peace beyond our understanding. Uh, if we had a title for the message, that would be it. Peace beyond our understanding. And I want to begin by asking this. Uh, don't raise your hand. Just answer it within your heart. How many of you can say today that you are at peace with God? Are you at peace with God today? Well, I hope before we leave here that we can see that God wants us to be at peace with Him. He wants that. Well, I shared as, as you were listening, 15 days until Christmas. Can I ask you this? How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel peaceful? Are you at ease? Are you peaceful about uh, Christmas right around the corner? Well, less than three weeks. So we ask what are we doing here this morning? What, what are we doing here? There's still more gifts to be bought, I'm sure, and, and packages to be wrapped. There's family to be visited. There's probably some more decorations that need to be placed on the tree at home and some little ornament put up on the shelf. And I'm sure there's a good sale going on at a shopping mall somewhere even as we speak today. So what are we doing here? Every year at this time of the year, preachers all around the world stand up in the pulpits and say things like, Advent is a time of peace. Advent is a time of waiting and hope and joy. A time of meditating on the meaning of Christ coming into our lives and into our world. But the psalmist reminds us, in all the hustle and bustle of Christmas time and the busyness, in Psalm 46.10, he tells us this, that we are to be still and know that He is God. Be still and enjoy the peace that God wants to give us. Let's read some Scripture at this time. Philippians, if you'll turn there. Philippians chapter number 4. Very familiar passage to us. And let's pick up there in verse number 6, if we will. Philippians 4, beginning with verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, Paul says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, underline that and highlight that if you will in your, in your Bible, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate 
on these things. The word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray now that you would speak to our hearts, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I read an interesting story uh, this week about two painters who said that they could paint, they were in a painting contest, and said that they could paint a picture of peace. And one painter, as he began, he painted uh, uh, the sunset while the sun was going down over the calm water. And it was a beautiful picture that he had painted. And it had a calming effect, if you will. And then the other painter painted a picture of a storm. And in it, we could just imagine as the sky was dark and there was lightning and the dark rolling clouds and it showed waves uh, clashing uh, against the rocks. Things looked chaotic. Things looked out of control in that particular picture. But in one part on that picture, in the very corner of the painting, at the very bottom, this painter had painted two big stones with a bird right in the middle of those two stones. And the bird was singing. As I read that, I said to myself, Now that is peace. Tony Evans, the great black pastor, he says this, let me quote, Peace is where God's calm and God's tranquility overrule your and my concerns. That's so true. Let's go to our text, if we will, and get through this. And let's just go kind of verse by verse here. Go back to verse number 6 in Philippians chapter 4. If you will, and let's begin there. Paul tells us this. He says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Now, if we go back to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter, chapter 6, and we won't go back and read that, but make yourself a note, if you will, Matthew six twenty-five to 34, and we'll find there, as Jesus teaches, that we're to worry about nothing, that we're not to be anxious about anything that the consider the birds of the air how they fly around and they're not worried about where their food comes from the lilies of the field jesus talks about they're not worried about anything so he goes on to say why should we worry can i say something to us in a very loving way that hits home to me and probably will to you that fret, when we fret over something, when we worry over something, ah, we don't like to hear this, but it's true. It's an indication that there's a lack of trust in God. That we don't trust His sovereignty, His wisdom, His power. But on the flip side of that, delighting in the Lord, meditating on His Word, is a cure for anxiety, for worry, that anxiety that accompanies so many people during this Christmas season. And I don't like it. We get so anxious and, and, and uptight about this and that and the other. This, we don't have time sometimes just to sit back and enjoy the Christmas season. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this, Jesus speaking, 
Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then over in chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus speaking again. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. You may have encouragement. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Verse number 7. And let the peace of God. Notice that phrase. And let the peace of God. I went back and I, I did some research on the peace of God. And let me give you this definition. The peace of God is an inner calm or tranquility that is promised, get this, that is promised to the believer who has a thankful attitude based on unwavering confidence that God is able and willing to do what is best for His children. This is the, the kind of peace we're talking about here. It is the peace that we have when we have a reason to worry and we don't. Or we have a reason to fret, but we don't. That's unexplainable. That's the peace that passes all understanding. And then skip to verse number 9. We didn't read that, but I wanted to skip to it. Verse number 9 in Philippians 4. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Just as God is the God of hope that we talked about last week as we lit the first candle, the candle of hope, God is also the source of true peace for each one of us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Listen to this. Therefore remember that you once, that you once Gentiles in the flesh... Who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But listen, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Listen to the words of Martin Luther, centuries after the Apostle Paul wrote his epistle. He says this, this should ring a bell to most of us, A mighty fortress is our God. A mighty fortress is our God. Back to verse 7 in our text. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Church, please believe me today and believe God's Word that God wants us to share in this very same peace. The very same peace 
Because let me tell you, did you know that Jesus himself was at peace? The peace, that was the same peace we're talking about here, is the peace that calmed the heart of Jesus when he was falsely accused. This very same peace is the peace that, that steadied the voice of Jesus when he spoke to Pilate. The peace that kept his thoughts clear and his heart pure as he hung on the cross for you and for me. That was the peace that Paul is talking about. And it can be your peace. It can be my peace. The reason we should want this peace is because of what it says in the last part of verse 7. Look at that. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Notice what it will do for us. Will guard your and my heart. Will guard your and my mind through Christ Jesus. You see, God takes responsibility for the hearts and the minds of those who believe in Him. So as we celebrate Him as we pray to Him, this is what happens. God is constructing a fortress around our hearts, around our minds, protecting us from the evil one. And we know who that is. That's the devil that is constantly doing this to us, knocking on our heart and our life, wanting us to mess up and to blow it. So when we are in Christ, God the Father guards us with His peace. Folks, that's encouragement to me, and I hope it is to you today. And see, that will cause us to meditate on the things that are praiseworthy. And it gives a list. Those things that are noble and are just and are pure, lovely, of good report. And the Scripture says that we're to think on those things. Those are the things we're to think on. How many times do we get so distracted in our, in our thought life and how it messes up our living, our daily living? So let's make sure as we kind of close this up this morning that we understand where this peace is found. Is found only in the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. This peace is not found in claiming that we're descendants of Abraham, even though we are. It's not found in the fact that, that our mom or dad or grandparents, aunts or uncles are or were saints of the church. It's not found in the hard work that we do on this job or that job, nor is it found in attending church as often as we can. But this peace is only found in Christ Jesus. And the way we receive this peace is that we receive Christ Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. The source of this peace that passes all your and my understanding is the Lord Jesus Christ. Have we accepted the Prince of Peace? Have we realized, have we realized the fact in John 15 and 5 that if we have not, that if we have not accepted the Prince of Peace, 
then we're separated from Christ Jesus. That we're not in not that we're not in a relationship with Him. That verse says that apart from that kind of a relationship, we can do nothing. But there's a promise in Mark ten twenty seven that says this. But with God, all things are possible. Remember last week as I read from Isaiah 9, 6, which says this, And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And it's only through Him that that peace is found. Can I tell you what happens once we discover that? You ready for this? Once this peace is discovered, this is what will happen in our daily lives. We, you and I, will be involved in deliberate acts of love. When's the last time you have deliberately set out to do an act of love for someone? And I ask myself these same questions. Deliberate acts of forgiveness. Deliberate acts of prayer. When was the last time you stopped on the spot and somebody said... Please remember me in prayer. How many times have you stopped right there, put your hand on their shoulder, and prayed for them? Deliberate acts of devotion. Deliberate acts of turning to God. See, those things result when we have that peace with God. So I ask us today, in this Christmas season, as Jesus so clearly tells us, that his name, that the, the Bible so clearly tells us that his name will be called all of these things. And the last thing it says, the Prince of Peace. I wonder, where are you looking this day to find peace? My prayer is that you have found that peace in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it will affect your life tremendously, dramatically. Let's worship the Prince of Peace. Pray with me. Father, we do thank you for your word today. And what a powerful piece of scripture that we've read from the book of Philippians. Lord, what encouragement to know that the very same peace that you experienced from God the Father when you were here on earth, we can experience that very same peace. But God, that peace comes in a relationship with You. We know that Jesus had a relationship with the Father. But Lord, I ask today, do we have a relationship with the Father? And God, if we don't, I pray that this will be the very day that men, women, boys and girls will say yes to Christ Jesus. And they will receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.